0: D F S. It is Friday, December 2nd here in Draft Shark Studios. In Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Jared, I was reading old notes and I almost called it remote, even though I'm right here in my own basement. Welcome to our week 13 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Shaw, and eventually I figure things out. With me, as always, is Jared Small. And Jared, we're on DK. We're looking at QB first as usual, and I'm here to say
1: happy Trevor Lawrence week. Maybe. I haven't decided yet. Either Trevor Lawrence or Patrick Mahomes for me. And it's basically, it's funny. I I was working on my cash line this morning. It's do you want to play Mahomes with like the number two wide receivers in Jacksonville and uh, L.A., which would be, you know, Josh Palmer and Zay Jones, or do you want to play Trevor Lawrence and get up to Keenan Allen and Christian Kirk? That's kind of where I'm at right now in my cash line. If I definitely think Lawrence is a good play, I'll let you talk about him and then um you know Mahomes you don't need to say much I you know I want to get exposure to the Chiefs offense in this spot you know a spot where we think the Bengals are going to push them make Mahomes play for four quarters we've talked about the Bengals past events not being good lately um and I don't think any other Chief is in play for cash so I think you know playing Mahomes you just kind of you
0: soak up all that passing game you just want to play him because of baby swag because he had his first kid this week doesn't hurt yeah, I'll be going into the 5K range as usual because I think Trevor Lawrence is just as good a bet for a production, you know, relative to their costs. Of course, 5,900 bucks is the salary for Trevor Lawrence this week. He beats the other 5K 5K guys that you'll see in the lineup generator on both floor and ceiling. Facing the Lions, the friendliest quarterback defense in the league, and Lawrence is just playing well right now. He's coming off his best passer rating of the season. He's coming off the first time all year. He's had three straight passer ratings Over 90, he's been over 100 in that category each of the past three games. First time this year, he's gone three straight games without an interception. First time he's gone three straight games, over 70% completions. He's coming off his three highest PFF passing grades of the year. And, you know, that can often be matchup. But last week, he faced a Baltimore defense that's been playing quite well lately. So Trevor Lawrence is playing the way that we hoped that he would play. Uh, Now he gets this prime matchup. And, I mean, if anything, Travis Etienne is healthy. But if anything, the fact that he hurt that foot last week, you know, should only further motivate the passing in this game, which is like the one question. And I don't think the Jaguars are even good enough. You can say, yeah, they're facing the Lions. What if they jump out to a big lead? Jaguars haven't done anything this season to make us think they're going to jump out to a big lead. So I think we'll get a competitive game and plenty of room for Trevor Lawrence offense and points.
1: Yeah, Jacksonville Open is the favorite in that game. The Lions are not favored by like a point, a point and a half. It, it should be a tight, close um High scoring game. If I'm going to play devil's advocate with the Lawrence thing, I will say the Lions are 13th in football outsiders past defense DVOA over the past five weeks. If you look at the numbers they're they're not great, but they're not as bad as they were early in the season.
0: That's fine. I'll take that risk for my $5,900 golden boy. And I, I mean, he's a little bit less attractive for tournament lineups just because he's going to be popular but I certainly think he's still in play there. I think that it's a week where we're going to see ownership spread around at quarterback. Cause there are mm-hmm. a lot of
1: attractive plays this week. Yeah. This is the most fun DFS slate of the season so far. I think a ton of places to go. I, I probably will at least mess with the Lawrence tournament lineup. See how it shakes out. I mean, Lawrence and Christian Kirk, and then you, know, you could throw in Zay Jones or even Evan Ingram. Um, it, it's super cheap. It helps you fit in a lot of these other high priced studs we want to get to in good spots this week. Um, I like Justin Herbert for tournaments. He's coming in at just 6% projected ownership, which I think would be a lot higher on other slates that didn't have so many good spots. Um, Herbert coming off his best fantasy outing of the season last week, 28.8 DraftKings points. And then you have this uh, Chargers-Raiders game with a half point over-under. Super high, only third highest on this main slate because, again, we have the Chiefs game. We have the Jags-Lions game that have higher over-unders right now. But the Raiders, 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. They're 28th in Football Outsiders pass defense DVOA over the last five weeks. Herbert has three touchdowns in each of his last three games against Vegas. Uh, That includes 279 yards and three scores against them back in week two of this season. It would be nice when he gets Mike Williams back to extend that average target depth, but nice that he played
0: well last week, so it's easier to count on him this week. And who would have guessed Jaguars-Lions up there second in the league in game total this week. So that only further encourages us to play there. I also like Geno Smith and either or both of his receivers against the Rams this week. Rams have been a lot tougher against the run. We'll see how much that changes with Aaron Donald, but I mean, Geno Smith and the receivers have just been easy to count on so far. And then mm-hmm. one other that I'm looking at is Jimmy Garoppolo at 5,300. I, you know, he's certainly not in the same tier as the other quarterbacks we've talked about in terms of general upside. We've seen the, uh, we saw the one, four touchdown game generally he's more of a two touchdown guy, but You know, maybe Christian McCaffrey's knee is a bit of an issue in this game. They just lost Elijah Mitchell. So there's Christian McCaffrey and then a bunch of, I'm not sure how good he is running backs in the backfield. Maybe we get a little bit more passing volume from the 49ers in this matchup, especially if it ends up being a shootout. And that Jimmy G at 5,300 plus Brandon Ayuk at 6,100 is pretty good for salary. George Kittle at 5K. So there's still a lot that I think you can fit around those guys
1: yeah the Niners Dolphins game is super interesting I could see it being a lower scoring game I mean the over-under I think is lower than I expected it to be uh, but I also could see it shooting out because you know, I believe in both of those offenses so yeah la- last guy I'm considering for tournaments is Justin Fields so if you go to our lineup generator right now he's the worst value at quarterback we-, we might end up bumping his projection a bit you know he was a full go in Thursday's practice so you know that seemingly has him on track to play I we'll love to get confirmation on that but um I think he's going to be low owned coming off the injury. He's still 7,400 bucks. Like we said, there's a lot of other options this week. And the guy did put up 46 and 43 DraftKings points in two of his last three games. And we just saw the Packers have no answer for Jalen Hurts running the ball. Um, You know, Fields didn't have a big game rushing against Green Bay earlier this season, but that was kind of before the Bears unleashed him. So if I can get Fields at like 2% ownership, I think he's definitely worth a, a shot in tournaments.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I had to go look up his price now because I didn't even get down to him. That's how far down he is in the lineup generator this week. But, you know, we're looking for ultimate upside with these quarterbacks more than anything else, more than projected ownership, more than salary, whatever. We want that ultimate ceiling that if he just goes off, he can, you know, not win the week by himself, but propel that lineup. And he's already displayed that. And the team has shown the willingness to make him the number one running back in any given game. We know that the Packers are playing the run poorly. We didn't really talk about Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow as tournament quarterbacks. I don't think you have to make the case for them. Do you have a strong lean between them though, in this matchup where you can get, you know, you can get some of the other guys production by yeah. running back his, you know, a pass catcher or two.
1: Yeah. I prefer Mahomes. I mean, we have him as the better value and he's coming in with lower ownership. I mean, the ownership is going to be close. We have Mahomes at 5% Burrow at 8%. The other thing too. And I'm going to talk about Joe Mixon as a tournament player, but if you, if you go by football Outsiders of The Chiefs have actually been tough against the pass lately and not tough against the run. So I I, I like playing the mix inside of the Bengals offense, just kind of hoping that, you know, the touchdowns go his way.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think the other thing, like there's $1,400 in salary difference between Mahomes and Joe Burrow, but Mm -hmm. Burrow's top two wideouts are T Higgins at 72 and Jamar Chase at 79. So you're kind of giving back that value by playing burrow. Cause obviously you have to play at least one of those guys. And I think if you're playing multiple burrow lineups, you got to have at least some that
1: has both of those yeah. wide ones in it. Both quarterbacks are kind of tough to know exactly who to stack with. Right. I mean, I think they both have like three or four options. You can choose from, but I'm with you. The, um, the chiefs wide receivers are better values this week than the Bengals.
0: I do think that if you play burrow, you have to play at least either Higgins or chase. And maybe yeah. the sneakiest way to do it is put both of them in.
1: Yep. And I think if you play Mahomes, you got to play Travis Kelsey. Yeah,
0: I agree with that. Juju Smith-Schuster, 5,700, is kind of the interesting guy to play from this matchup, whether you're playing either of those guys or, you know, just looking to get a piece of it. Because I think his price is low enough that you're not, you you know, you're not saying he's definitely going to go off. But we do know from recent games that he still has that capability.
1: Yep. And I mean, there's some risk to Juju when he was limited last week coming off the concussion. But I mean, I don't think he's going to be limited again. And you know, that, you kind of like that risk in tournaments. Like you said, it's going to keep the ownership off him a little bit. Over to running back for
0: cash. Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb. Do we have to play one of those two guys this week? 79
1: for Josh Jacobs, 8K for Nick Chubb. And this is such a tough week. Like there's a lot of running backs I like for tournaments. But in cash, there's not a lot I feel good about. I actually might play four wide receivers in cash this week for the first time in a long time Jacobs. I mean, it's an awesome spot. He's coming off a massive game, but he does have the calf thing, which scares me a little bit. And then Chubb like awesome spot. I'm going to have him in tournaments, but it's Nick Chubb. He's just not a cash game play to me because he does lose some to cream hunt. He doesn't do a whole lot in the passing game. So I think they're okay. They're definitely not musts in cash. The the two guys I'm starting with Aaron Jones, 6,900 bucks. I mean, yeah, he's in a committee with A.J. Dillon, but you know, he's been the leader for the majority of the season now. He's averaging uh, 15.4 carries and 4.0 targets per game over his last five. I think he's going to get at least that much work on Sunday against the Bears, who are you know, just a uh, pathetic defense all around. It's a game where the Packers should be able to go run heavy. Um, so I like Aaron Jones at that price tag. And then I'm going to play Jalen Warren He's a, he's a must if Benny Snell ends up missing this game. Snell was added to Thursday's injury report with a knee. Even if Snell ends up playing, I'm probably going to go to Warren for the savings. I think, worst case, we we know he should handle most of the pass-catching stuff out of this backfield. He was doing a lot of that even when Najee Harris was healthy. And then I think Warren's going to get like at least half of the running back carries, and there's definitely upside for for more than that.
0: I think he's even more of a must if Benny Snell is active because then some people are going to be scared off and the ownership rate's going to be down. Benny Snell sucks. I mean, he's been with the Steelers for, this is his fourth season, I think, with the team. And he has declined in usage every year. The Steelers clearly don't think much of him. The only reason he got used Monday night was because Jalen Warren was already out and Najee Harris got hurt. So, You know, we'll see what happens Sunday, but I'm not going in betting that they play Benny Snell over Jalen Warren other than to spell him here and there in case Jalen Warren needs a rest. So I I think that Jalen Warren is, you know, a savior at 4,900 this week, assuming Najee Harris is not playing. He missed practice Wednesday and Thursday. So we'll watch for confirmation Friday, but if Najee harris is out warren's a must for me because he opens up a lot you know regardless of how many lineups he's in you can make the case against him for a tournament lineup because he would be highly owned at that salary as a starter against atlanta but cash i think he's a near must travis Etienne would be a strong cash game play for me i'm a little hesitant because of the foot i'm not i can't say that he's totally out because doug peterson says he's good to go now you know, if he plays a full game and he really is good to go and he's, you know, close to full strength, it should be a very good spot for him. I got to think there's at least some risk of a tweak and he leaves the game early. That would certainly hurt our cash lineups.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like there's a lot of running backs who are close to being excellent cash plays, but there's just like something there that's, that's making me shy away from them. And I'd like to say ETN's an awesome tournament play, but he's also coming in at 20% projected ownership. So I might end up fading him there too, which could kill me, but like he could be limited with the foot and then he could, You could re-injure the foot during the game. So there's a lot of risk to uh, play ETN at,
0: at 20%. And I mean, there are enough running backs on the slate where I I wouldn't bet on him being the running back you have to have. Certainly could be one of the top Mm -hmm. um, performing running backs this week. You know, you mentioned Aaron Jones. I think one other guy in that ETN range, David Montgomery, is $200 cheaper than ETN. A little bit safer because he doesn't have a foot injury coming into the game facing the Packers, who have been terrible against the run. So I think he's solid as a cash game play. Somebody that I would rather not play in a tournament lineup because I don't know that he has the ceiling. I would rather... Go ahead and chase Travis Etienne there. And then I think people are going to look at Damian Pierce and think it's a good spot. Mm 5,900, an excellent salary for him. The matchup is great. The Browns have been good to running backs. I can't get to him for a cash lineup, though, because of just how bad he and the Texans have been the
1: past two weeks. I couldn't believe when I saw his projected ownership at 16%. I kind of came into this thinking he'd be a nice tournament play at like 5% projected ownership because he's been so bad past couple of weeks, but I feel like people were playing Pierce. So for so long, like the last like two months, people have been playing him in cash and he's been super popular in tournaments. They just like, can't get off him, I guess. So um, yeah, I, I can't get to Pierce in cash. And then if he's going to be at all popular, I'm, I'm going to fade him in tournaments too.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, he did so well for quite a stretch. And then one of the past two games was against Washington, which we knew would be a potentially negative matchup. So it's not hard to make the case in your head form. Again, just the the level of badness from the Texans the past two weeks has me <laughs> probably fading Pierce this week, especially right. because I don't think that even if he turns it around, I don't think it's 150 yards and two touchdowns. So I'm not scared right. of what I'm missing by fading Pierce this week.
1: Yeah, uh, we've talked about that in previous shows. Like even when he's been hitting, it's been hitting as a cash game play, scoring like 20 points. He, Pierce has like no performances, where like You had to have him to win a tournament.
0: Now, where I will be curious to see if he slides a little bit is in the DFS draft games. Like if I'm playing on sleeper in the daily drafts this week, I'm curious to see where he goes, because if we get Damian Pierce falling toward the bottom of those eight round drafts, that's where I could see him because he can give us enough from that range when we're not playing against a large field. So I'll check the ADP there and see if he can help me on that front. Turning to the tournament side on DK. DK. Um, Derek Henry's rostered rate versus Nick Chubb has me interested. I want to mm. see what it looks like into the weekend because he's easy to overlook mm. up there next to Nick Chubb, next to Josh Jacobs and coming off three bad games of his own. But Philly's been a positive matchup for running backs. They allowed 5.35 yards per carry to Packers running backs last week. So if he
1: does have a turnaround in him, this could be a turnaround spot for him. So we have Henry projected for more ownership right now than Nick Chubb, 11% for Henry, eight for Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb at eight eight percent is my favorite tournament play at running back pretty easily. Um, you yeah, know, we talked about kind of the downside is he doesn't catch a lot of passes, and if like he doesn't hit the hundred yard bonus and he doesn't score, he's going to hurt you. But man, he seems like a good bet to hit the hundred yard bonus and score at least once in this game. It's funny too that it looks like the Browns' passing game is going to be more popular than the running game. And I get people are excited about Deshaun Watson's return. He could hit big. I think there's a lot of risk to him. You know, in his again his first football game in seven hundred days. And Houston's not good against the pass, but they're better against the pass than they are against the run. We've seen teams go run heavy against them all season. The Browns, I think the Browns are going to remain a run leaning offense, even with Deshaun Watson. They'll probably pass a a bit more going forward than they did for, you know, the season so far. But I think in this matchup, especially they're going to stay run leaning. So I am super pumped to be able to play Nick Chubb in this matchup. If He's going to be single digit owned.
0: I, I think Nick Chubb will always be, under owned on DK because people want to stay away from the receptions, which makes sense. He's more touchdown reliant than um, most other elite running backs. But this particular week, I mean, he's got 200 yard upside. We've already seen one, two, three, four, five running backs go for 140 plus yards on the ground against Houston, including the 219 and two touchdowns from Derrick Henry against them. Now we know that Derrick Henry just Like he sees the Texans as a welcome mat. So maybe he's (laughs) the only one capable of doing quite that against them. But if anybody else is capable of doing it, it's Nick Chubb. So I agree. I was, I was pleased to see his low ownership rate. I'm curious to see if it sticks over the weekend. He's certainly in play. Travis Etienne, Aaron Jones, I think make plenty of sense on this side as well. Positive matchups for both. I'm a little bit less scared of the foot risk because I'm hoping that it brings ownership down. Like you said, the projection right now is a little high. We'll see maybe if that changes into the weekend or if you just want to take a shot on it, it might be better to play the Jaguars
1: passing in that one, depending on what those rates look like as we get the Sunday morning. Yeah. I'm happy to see Jones at just 13% Aaron Jones. Um, I'm definitely going to play him in tournaments of that ownership. I mentioned Joe Mixon before he's projected a 11% ownership. You'll know, we'll have to see about the concussion stuff. He he was still limited on Thursday, so evidently he hasn't fully cleared yet. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Some, Lower owned, cheaper plays. Cordero Patterson, I think, is super sneaky at two percent owned, uh, fifty eight hundred bucks. Just because we saw his passing game role grow last week in the first game of the season without Kyle Pitts, uh, season high sixty two percent route rate for CPat in that game, tied a season high with five targets. Like you know, if, I, if we can start getting ten to twelve carries out of him, plus you know five six targets per game, he becomes a lot more interesting, especially on DraftKings. I think both of the number two running backs in Green Bay and Cleveland are interesting for tournaments, AJ Dillon, Kareem Hunt, like you can't project big volume out of them, but I think you can project more volume than they have been getting. And both should at least on paper be more efficient than they have been in recent weeks. And then I I do think Zonovan Knight, we'll see his ownership. If it gets, you know, if he gets popular, I think he's somebody you want to fade in tournaments, but if he stays in the single digits, uh, with Michael Carter likely to miss this game, you know, Knight just opens up a lot. He's forty six hundred bucks, and I do think he's the best bet to you know, definitely lead the Jets in carries, and he might lead the way in targets too. Um, you know, he had a decent pass catching resume, kind of coming out of NC State. He caught six or he caught three balls last week, basically matched Ty Johnson in routes. Um, so it seems like the Jets are willing to use the rookie in the passing game.
0: Kareem Hunt's the only one in there that I would push back on because of his terrible usage and because I think even if you use his salary as mm-hmm. a reason to go after him 4800 I would just go ahead and I'd rather go ahead and play the $4,900 chalk on Jalen Warren just because I think the ceiling yeah. is so much higher on him against the Falcons.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I mentioned it on yesterday's preview, pod, but the, the one game Hunt got decent usage lately was that blowout win over the Bengals. he had 11 carries and four targets that's kind of what you're hoping for if, if the browns blow out the texans on sunday
0: yeah and if that's the ceiling that you're hoping for 11 carries and four targets then i think that's another reason to look elsewhere Wide receiver for cash. I like Amon Ross St. Brown 7100 on a Trevor Lawrence team here, assuming that Trevor Lawrence is my cash quarterback. Seven plus catches in three straight and four of his past five games played more than 70% of the snaps in eight of his 10 games so far, six plus receptions in seven of those eight games. So as long as he's healthy, he's a great bet for receptions, not cheap this week, but I think you can fit him in and he's at least as safe as any other wideouts that are up in that range of price.
1: Yeah, I think St. Brown is cheaper than he should be. I don't, I don't know. He's It seems it's been that way for most of the year on draftings. I think he should be you know much closer to 8,000 with the Valley. he's been getting, this is obviously a great spot for him. So I'm definitely going to be playing St. Brown, regardless of if I play Lawrence or Mahomes. Um, I'm playing Garrett Wilson at 5,300 bucks. He's going to be super chalky. So he's an interesting tournament discussion. Uh, but I think you play him in cash. At this price tag, he he's going to be a guy. He's going to be in the in the six Ks very quickly. I think um, as long as the Jets don't go back to Zach Wilson, I don't expect them to. So, and then again, I'm I'm going to play one of the Chargers wideouts, either Keenan Allen 6500, Josh Palmer 5600, uh, the Raiders 24th in adjusted points allowed to wide receivers. They're 31st in Football Outsiders pass defense DVOA over the last five weeks. I think. Um, I prefer Allen slightly straight up, but I probably prefer Palmer at the savings, um, which again is another reason why I'm leaning towards Mahomes at quarterback. And then Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, I'm going to play one of those guys. And I, I prefer Kirk there. He's just been a steadier producer all season. But I do think um, Zay Jones at 4,900 bucks with the volume he's been getting all year you know he hasn't delivered on that volume very often but it's it's been pretty consistent and uh, you um know good matchup for both those guys obviously against the lions
0: on the tournament side so what is your take on garrett wilson is there a level he yeah. needs to get to where you're going to pass on him
1: i'm i'm probably gonna fade him generally unless like i have a lineup where i think it's super contrarian anyways and then i you could you know throw in wilson as you know one or you know one chalk piece in there but um Man, I, I I love the player, but I I, I still think the floor is kind of low, just because I, I I'm not totally buying in. On Mike White, like I, we talked about yesterday, I think one of these weeks he's gonna he's gonna kind of implode, and maybe it's this week. So if it's gonna be Wilson, then what would we have at 17? percent Yeah, I think I do think he's a pretty good tournament fade.
0: Yeah, I agree with that because even though he's an excellent player, last week was great, and this week could very well be great for them as yep. well. It's Mike White. It's a rookie wide receiver They're on the road. It's absolutely no guarantee that they produce. So, yeah, I agree that it's a good fit. I think that it's also a good week. I, I brought up the lineup generator on the screen here because you can sort by any of the categories in here. I think it's a good week at wide receiver to sort by ceiling points and kind of judge who you want to play from there. Because, you know, you mentioned that. We mentioned it during quarterback, but I think it's really true at any position. There are lots of guys to like. There are lots of cases to be made. So I'm going to be chasing ceiling points here. And the guys that I that I highlight when I look at that, Amon Ross St. Brown, T. Higgins, fifth and sixth. They're $600 cheaper than A.J. Brown at number four. So there's some worthwhile savings in there. We're going to get high ownership on Amon Ross St. Brown. So I think it matters what you build around him to make him make sense. Those two guys are also $1,600 plus cheaper in DK salary versus the top three. So, you know, you don't need to make a case for Devonte Adams, Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson, Tyree Kill, but the case against them, the relative case is that savings for guys that are in a similar range of upside. So I, again, sort by that, um, ceiling points, look at the guys around and figure out, you know, the different alignments that you want to yep. play a position, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm on the guy that was fourth on that list, A.J. Brown, at 5% projected ownership. But just, you know, part of it is like just instincts, as our as our guy Adam would call it. But I feel like we're kind of due for a big A.J. Brown game. We have seen, you know, the way that Eagles have replaced Dallas Goddard is, one, more Jalen Hurts design runs. But two, just more targets to Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. And Smith has honestly been the bigger beneficiary so far you know he said you know like 35 percent of the team's targets over the past couple of weeks that could easily flip and we could get a you know 10 target AJ Brown game I also like him in this spot because where the Titans have particularly struggled is defending deep passes uh, football outsider says them 32nd defending the deep ball and AJ Brown does lead the Eagles with 12 deep targets this season I think he is the guy more likely to make that big play so uh, I'm, I'm going to take a shot on Brown that we get you know one of those um, big games like he had versus the Steelers about a month ago.
0: And if we want to take a drive down narrative street, we can look at yeah, uh, you know, revenge <laughs> revenge storyline here against the team that traded him away instead of paying him. I mean, he, you know, I, I don't, I don't ever actually factor these things in, but AJ Brown, actually, it seems like the kind of player oh, yeah. that would be just looking to destroy his old team. I mean, he's got his best friend at quarterback. So, you know, maybe there's a little bit of something this week again, I'm not going to let that drive strategy, but it's one of those things. If we're looking back on Week 13 and AJ Brown blew up, it's like, of
1: course he did. His first game against the Titans with his best friend at quarterback. Yeah, it's it's nice when the narrative matches up with the actual numbers too. It makes them easier to play. Um, so I'm definitely on AJB this week, and then we've talked about Juju. I like him. I mean, I'm definitely on Mahomes teams. I think he's a nice run back on your Burrow teams. And I think you could even play Juju as a one off at his projected ownership, fifty-seven hundred bucks. You know, like we said, limited. In his first game back last week. The game before that, he was knocked out early with the concussion. The three games prior to that, though, 25, 28, and 19 draftings points. He was like really coming on, really looking you know more comfortable in this offense and with Patrick Mahomes. So I, I think if we get Juju back to full playing time this week, that he definitely has a, a bunch of upside in this in this matchup. I
0: agree. A tight end for cash. I wish this was Evan Ingram for me at three thousand bucks this week. <laughs> the matchup's certainly good. Lions are the third best scoring matchup for tight ends on the season by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. I'm a little comfier, though, with Hayden Hurst at thirty five hundred bucks over the past three games. We have seen seven targets and five receptions for Ingram, 17 targets and 13 catches over the same span for Hurst. I know that Jamar Chase is supposed to play in this game. Whether Jamar Chase has been on the field or not has not really impacted how much Hayden Hurst is involved, how many targets or catches he's getting. So I'm just going to bet on the better offense and the guy who's been getting the ball more lately. You know, if that $500 makes a difference in the build, Mm -hmm. Ingram is fine because of that salary, but don't be surprised if he lets you down again.
1: Yes, I'm definitely with you on Hurst over Ingram. I'm trying to get up to Pat Fryermuth though in cash um, at forty three hundred bucks which is definitely more than I tend to pay at tight end in cash, but um Fryer checks in as easily the top dollars per point value at tight end for us. You know just four targets last week, but you know the route rate was still fine, eighty percent. Um, he's averaging seven point eight targets per game over his last five, all those coming with Kenny Pickett, twenty one percent target share in those games and the matchups good Atlanta is twenty seventh in adjusted points allowed to tight ends.
0: It is kind of crazy to me to see that he's highest among tight ends and projected ownership for the week right now in the lineup generator. Obviously he he makes plenty of sense as a target play, but I yep. mean, higher ownership projection than Travis Kelsey heading into the weekend. I, do you think that Fryermuth actually takes higher ownership than Travis Kelsey in most large field tournaments this weekend?
1: Um, I don't know. Kelsey's always tough because he's challenging to fit into lineups. Um, so I, I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Frymuth is, I mean, for, I think Muth will be the most popular cash play, whether that translates to, to tournaments. I'm not sure. I I I think you fade him in tournaments if he's anywhere close to the highest own tight end. Um, you know, I don't love the upside on him just because of that Steelers offense he hasn't been very good all year. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I like the reception upside more than I do the scoring upside, but I agree. It certainly makes sense to fade him in a tournament. And only $700 more is George Kittle against the Dolphins, who have allowed the fourth most adjusted fantasy points to tight ends. And, you know, like we said before, there's at least a maybe for why the 49ers might throw the ball a little bit more this week than usual. George Kittle doesn't need a case made for him. He just needs targets to come his way. He's still an excellent player. So tournament, especially he's an attractive guy that can easy. He, he's easy to lose in that range of, well, Friar moves right here and there's more savings. And then yeah. if I get up to there, I might as well go up here for Mark Andrews. I'm
1: not losing George Kittle. That's, that's my guy this week. Um, hope everyone else loses him in that mix. It looks like they're gonna, he's, projected a four percent ownership he's also the cheapest he's been all season at 5k so cheap low owned has the matchup miami 29th in adjusted points allowed to tight ends and 29th in football outsiders tight end coverage rankings they're much higher ranked in football outsiders rankings against wide receivers they're much higher ranked in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receiver so now we you know we've talked about kyle shanahan being one of the best offensive play callers in the nfl and attacking defenses weaknesses i, I do think uh, this is a spot where Kittle should be featured in this game plan
0: and for what it's worth he does have a two touchdown game just a couple weeks ago and all four of his touchdown catches this season have come since Christian McCaffrey joined the team so we know that it's possible it might not happen but we know it's possible exactly anybody else at tight end
1: yeah so I have Ingram down here as an option um, but the more I think about this slate like with Kelsey Andrews and Kittle on it it's like what are the odds one of those guys doesn't blow up and end up being like the guy you need to have to win tournaments. So I I'm really going to try to get one of those elite tight ends in all my tournament lineups this week. Yeah. I think the way that you do play it is if you are
0: obviously you play Evan Ingram or if there's somebody else, you like at three K more um, you, because you're paying for top shelf somewhere else, but that's what you need to find is top shelf yeah.
1: somewhere else to make that one make sense. Ingram to me is almost more attractive as a flex play, like in a, Trevor Lawrence or Jared Goff lineup. Like just you know, he he's a you know, he, he's basically a minimum priced wide receiver if you consider him then just play him at flex. Yeah, he's a hundred dollars less than Sky Moore this week. Exactly. On defense,
0: there's four in the two K range among our top five in DK dollars per point. Yeah. I like Pittsburgh the best against Atlanta. It's been a neutral scoring matchup on the season Atlanta against team defenses, but it's one of those low risk matchups. They've scored 17 points or fewer in three of the past four games. They've had two giveaways in three of the past five. So Atlanta is a matchup that might not give you big fantasy points. If they go run heavy, if they don't turn the ball over, if there aren't a ton of sacks because they throw the ball 15 times, but I'm not worried that I'm going to get a negative or like one point from this. And there is some turnover upside to it.
1: Yeah, for sure. I keep going back and forth between the Steelers and Jets, who are priced exactly the same. Um, I feel like I'm going to pick wrong, and it's going to be the difference between me cashing and not in cash this week. Hopefully that's not the case. Um, Yeah, the Steelers, for all the reasons you mentioned, the Steelers have – the Steelers D has scored 10 DraftKings points in two of the last three games with T.J. Wattback. so they've been producing in fantasy as well. The Jets, though, I still think are the better defense Slightly worse matchup for them, obviously, though, against against the Vikings, who are uh, you know, much better offense than the Falcons. are. It looks like Minnesota is going to be without their left tackle again, though. Christian Darrisaw has not practiced yet this week. So that definitely helps the matchup for the Jets.
0: Mm-hmm. And Cousins has had a little bit of turnover issues. Not much, though. He only has one multiple interception game this year, although it was recently at Buffalo. So, yeah. you know, you're if you're choosing a defense like that, you're basically hoping for
1: a big play turnover. Exactly. Any other defenses before we're out? Yeah, so on the tournament side, um, I think the Niners are super sneaky. Again, I could see Miami putting up 30 points on Sunday. I could see them putting up 17 points and Tua taking a bunch of sacks because Miami's going to be without both of their offensive tackles. Uh, we know the Niners' pass rush is one of the best in the league. They're getting Eric Armstead back this week too, right, yep. um, which helps Which helps uh, the defense, obviously. So I like the Niners as a sneaky tournament play. And then I like the Packers, too, Um, even if Fields is back. So, you know, Fields obviously has played a lot better lately. He's still taken 17 sacks over his last five games. So I I do think there's still a bunch of sack upside to the Packers this week, and they're going to be low-owned at uh, 3,000 bucks. I I'd be scared to play San Francisco. I guess that's kind of the point of why you play them
0: in a tournament lineup, but you know, the, the dolphins have have scored 30 plus points in four straight games. Um, Really the only two times that they didn't reach 20 were the two games that Tua either left early or missed earlier. Uh, So I don't know. I would be scared to play them, but I can understand the upside case, especially with those tackles out And for a tournament defense. You're, you know, trying to take some chances and get something that nobody else has. Yes, you want your tournament defense to, to not feel very good. <laughs> That's right. If it feels comfortable, then everybody's playing it. Exactly. That's going to do it for the week 13 DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to play around with our lineup generator and build your own lineups on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. You can also find Jared's articles highlighting top picks for cash and tournament entries on DraftKings this week. Uh, hang around. Just for 10 seconds or so, we'll be doing our FanDuel show. For Jared Small and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaff saying thanks so much for swimming with us.